Hello, you're listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. The reason why we can hold fast and even in the midst of us not having everything together, we can still give God glory. Yes. And that is because of the word of God. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with who we are and who we know. Nothing to do with what we have. It has everything to do with the word of God. So today, um, I want us to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 21. And I'm telling you this. For this first month, we have been um, fasting. And I tell you, I've seen some results in my own life from that. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I've been a little more patient. Hallelujah. I've been a little, you know how the Bible told us to be slow to speak, quick to hear. I, since Francis, I've been hearing a little more glory to God. I've been taking deep breath. And I tell you that we're not fasting necessarily for God to change the outside. I want him to do a work in me first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to fast to get the Lord to move and bless me. He said, all you got to do is walk in faith for that. We're fasting such that God can do a work in us. And so I, I count it a privilege, and I thank God for it, for when I see what he is yet doing in my life, and it has come through prayer and fasting. And so I thank God for it. And I challenge you, I know we as a church are fasting on Thursdays, but if there are other times during the month that you feel like turning your plate down or letting something go and spending that time with the Lord, I admonish you that it, it, it pays. That's the best investment you could ever make. Yes. There is a huge return on that time. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not wasted at all. But in Matthew chapter 21, I want us to go in, in scripture today because we are going to talk about our Lord and we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about faith. I want you to start at verse 11. Matthew 21. I want to start at verse 11. And I'm reading from the Darby translation. And it says, And the crowd said, This is Jesus, the prophet, who is from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, prior to that, they were saying Hosanna. They were making recognition as who Jesus was. Jesus comes into the city, and they're saying Hosanna. And, and, and the people that were around wondering who this was. And so they began to, even as Jesus was coming in, they began to throw their garments on the ground and they were saying, Hosanna, Jesus comes in. And can I tell you, this this passage of scripture means a lot to me because I don't care how great people said our Lord was, he was always humble. Jesus was really always about the business. Y'all call me what you want, but it's about the business. You, You see him and not having a big head or being prideful. And the people had just, he entered the city. Matter of fact, let's go back, let's go back a minute because uh, go to six, verse six, and we're going to read on down because Jesus makes a quick switch as we keep going. Verse six says, but the disciples having gone and done as Jesus had ordered them, brought the axe and the coat and put the garments upon them, and he sat on them. But a very great crowd strode their garments on the way, and others kept cutting down palms from the trees and strewing them or putting them in the way. And the crowds who went before him and followed him cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. 
Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And as he entered into Jerusalem, the whole city was moved saying, who is this? It's like somebody famous coming to town. Who is this? Verse 11, and the crowd said, this is Jesus the prophet who is from Nazareth of Galilee. So where did Jesus go with all this crowd and these people saying how great he was? Let's see what he did. Verse 12, and Jesus entered into the temple. Jesus was there to go to work. I ain't got time to sign autographs. I don't know where that came from. I had time to deal with the people in the crowd. Jesus' first place he went was to the temple of God. And he and Jesus entered the temple of God and he cast out all that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of those that sold the doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house, yeah, shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of robbers. I love the little children's voices. That does nothing for me. Love it. Okay, don't worry about it. Verse 14, and blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Jesus said, I, in my temple, where I work, I don't have time for you trying to make money and all this other stuff. This is a hospital and where the sick can come. So I, he came in and got rid of all, that's the first thing after they said Hosanna. After they were saying how great he was, Jesus said, I'm not here for all that fanfare. That's cute and I'm glad you know who I am. Well, where the church at? Right. They take him over to the church and when I get there, says, sure, don't look like no church. He got mad. I'm gonna tell you, when Jesus gets mad, something about to get turned over. <laughs> you know how your parents, when they get mad, somebody about to get a whooping. When Jesus gets mad, something's about to happen. So he gets to the temple where he works where people gather to hear from him and find out what should be happening is not happening. So the first thing he has to do before Jesus can move is he has to set the stage. Now I'm gonna tell you, in our lives, the first thing, we believe in God for some things in 2020, but don't be alarmed if he has to tear down some things before he builds up some things. Amen. Amen. That's the part we don't like. But don't get upset if Jesus got to tear down before he can build in 2020. So the Bible did not say when Jesus entered the temple, he healed all that were laying the sick, and then he threw out the money changers. The Bible says he threw out the money changers, those that were selling and buying goods, and then he healed the sick. God has to tear down some things. Before he can do what he really wants to do in your life. Let's keep looking. Verse 15 says, And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders which he wrought, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And he said to them, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus says to them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and suckers? Has perfect praise. In other words, the people that heard them screaming, Hosanna, say, Jesus, don't you hear these people calling you that? Don't you see how they're worshiping and honoring you? Are you going to fix them and correct them? Jesus said, no, I'm not. Because as a matter of fact, they're telling you the truth. <laughs> he said, out of the mouths of babe comes perfect praise. They are absolutely right in what they're saying. Jesus is saying you can hear what people are saying. And they can be absolutely right. Don't let what people are saying change your mission. Yes. Jesus never entertained what they were saying. 
He says, I'm not here for the fanfare. I'm about my father's business. And I'll be honest with you, in these last days, that's what has happened in church. Our leaders have got so caught up in what the people are saying about them that they have forgotten really why they were called. They've forgotten all about because I got an adjutant, I got a caller, I sit in a big seat, they stand when I come in, they sit down when I sit down, they stand when I go back out, they come when I, they call me all these elaborate titles that take a whole lot of time. Every time they get up, they acknowledge the same person a hundred times in the same service. And before you know it, we have totally forgotten why we came to church. Amen. Jesus said, I hear what they said about me. Because they, Jesus didn't even acknowledge it to the part that the, the, the other people began to say, don't you hear them? He was like, yeah, I hear them. They tell them the truth, but I don't entertain that. That doesn't move me. I have work to do. And in 2020, we have work to do. We have work to do. Look at 17. And leaving them, he went forth out of the city of Bethany. And there he passed the night. And early in the morning, as he went back into the city, watch this, he was hungry. He was hungry, he was hungry. Jesus left the city, got another city, and Jesus was hungry. You know, I think about this too, and I chuckle. Not a cute word, <laughs> chuckle. Because Jesus' attitude was sort of like mine when I am hungry. <laughs> My husband says, and I'm not gonna look that way, that I get a little angry and not pleasant to be around. I disagree, but nevertheless, he asked me, have you eaten yet? Because you, you feel better. Mike asked me, do you feel better after you eat? I felt better stuff before. I just didn't have any patience. So Jesus left one city and went into another city, and the Bible says he was hungry. Let's see how Jesus acted. And seeing one fig tree in the way, he came to it and found on it nothing but leaves. Now mind you, Steph, I'm hungry. It's like getting to the, to the McDonald's or somewhere where you go. Lena and I went somewhere. She traveled with me with school. And we were trying to find somewhere to eat mother, and it was late, right? I went somewhere, Mike. And Lena was going, yeah, yeah. And we thinking, like down here in Virginia, McDonald's a long time, and I'll have to them. So Lena and I thinking, we got to get something to eat. I know where it was. We had to get something to eat, and we hungry. We go to the McDonald's church, and the McDonald's not open. Very angry with the McDonald's. Very angry. Jesus traveling gets to a fig tree. And the Bible says he was hungry, so he gets to the fig tree. There's no figs on the tree, says Francis. Now, believes. Let's see how Jesus responded. Because I was angry with the McDonald's. He says, and he said to it, so he got to the tree, in verse 19. He got to the fig tree and came to it and found on it nothing but weeds. And he said to it, let there be never no more fruit for thee forever. And the fig tree was immediately dry. I'm assuming Jesus was really hungry. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, Jesus won't just a little hungry. Jesus was really hungry. And now I'm trying to get me some to eat and the tree don't have nothing. Curse be you, the tree. Now, I wonder if I had the power and authority of Jesus, what I would have done to that McDonald's. What would I Walls collapse, you McDonald's. What would I have said to it? So Jesus cursed the fig tree. 
because he was hungry and it bared no fruit. And I'm gonna tell you something, and in a bigger picture, when we don't bear the fruit that we should bear. See, far away, Jesus recognized it was a fig tree. He didn't notice that it didn't bear fruit until he got closer to it, and all he saw were leaves. This is just us spiritually in my walk, because every time I read this, there's a sense of conviction. If I don't bear any fruit, I'm full of leaves. I'm full of churchy leaves. I am full of churchy leaves. I mean, I look like a good old-fashioned fig tree from far away. I look just like a good old-fashioned church member far away. But when you get up on me to examine, do, am I really bearing fruit? I don't have any fruit on me. There is no use for a fig tree without figs on it. The leaves don't make it a fig tree. The leaves make it decoration. And fig trees should bear fig. Jesus looks at the tree, which you and all your shiny leaves don't help or produce any fruit, so you are not beneficial. So Jesus said, cursed be this tree. 2019, I just don't want to have leaves. See, leaves serve their purpose too. Mm -hmm. Leaves on a tree help to protect the fruit that it bears. Huh? Leaves serve a purpose, but leaves can't be the sole purpose of the tree. Yeah, so Jesus gets up on this big tree, and then there's nothing there. Let's see, verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they wondered, saying, how immediately is the fig tree dried up? The disciples saw the fig tree, and the fig tree was dried up. They like they wondered, how did this happen immediately? This is not the season. This tree shouldn't look like. How is this tree dried up? And Jesus answering said to them, this is where we are. Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and do not doubt, not only shall you do what is done to the fig tree, what was done to the fig tree? Jesus spoke to the fig tree and something happened. That's what was done to it. Jesus spoke to it and what he said came to pass. Cursed is the fig tree, then the fig tree was cursed. He says, if you have faith and do not doubt. There is a difference. There, is, there are two things I have to have. I have to have faith and faith without doubt. And not only shall you do what is done to the victory, but even if ye shall say to this mountain, look how big the lesson gets now, be ye taken away and be thou cast into the sea, it shall come to pass, verse 22, and all these whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Ye shall receive. Well, the title for today is Faith, Faith Must Be the Foundation. Faith, Faith Must Be the Foundation. Faith Must Be. It Must Be the Foundation. In 2019, as I was thinking about, God, how do I say this or show this the way I'm singing it? In 2019, it's not going to be enough to pray. We have to pray in faith. We, we that are on the prayer line every morning understand that when we pray in faith, God hears us, right? So prayer without faith is like hitting the ceiling. 
Because the Bible, without faith, God can't hear. When I pray in faith, God hears. He told the disciples, if you pray and you do not doubt, you can say to the mountain. So I have to have faith in my prayers. And where does this faith come from? Where does this faith come from? God, I, I believe who you are and I'm saved. How do I get a prayer life that brings about results? He says, now you have to pray in faith. Well, what is faith? Faith is his word. So let's watch this. And if y'all notice, these towels look familiar. They're not backstage. <laughs> Just in case something else. So the word of God is the foundation of everything in our lives. Nothing supersedes the word of God. Without the word of God, my prayer life will not amount to anything. It is fine for me to tell God the desires of my heart and speak openly to him. He is my father. When you talk to your father, I can remember talking to my own dad. I didn't fix up my conversations or my sentences. I didn't use big words. Daddy, look, I need, we're just chopping up the English language. We're not practicing anything. We're just speaking to him from our heart. I can go to God just like that. But when I go to God outside of the word of God, I'm talking to him. But when I need God to get results, I have to give him back his word. Amen, amen. So effective prayer has to be based on the word of God. Yes? Okay. So if I have the word of God and I base everything in my life on the word of God, I am building on a sure foundation. Now, how do I get this foundation steady and stable in every area of my life? See, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. Because sometimes the foundation is here. But in some areas of our life, we way to the left. We, we, we way to the left. You say, God, how in the world am I way to the left? This is the area that you have refused to submit to the word and put on prayer, put word on your prayer in the This is the area where I say, God, I ain't ready to let go yet. Yeah. That's why you can be successful in other areas of your life and wonder why this thorn in the flesh is still here. He says, because you haven't based this area of your life solely on the word of God. Now you gave me the hard-headed children. Let me tell you why you did that. Because <laughs> they were driving you nuts. And so you decided, Lord, I'm gonna give them back to you. And you standing on the word every day for their salvation. But then there are some relationships that he's saying let go. And your heart is attacked. And you say, Lord, I really don't want to let go though. I got you. Now this is how it works. We get a little word on it. And every now and then we get better. I'm closer now than what I was. Yes, sir. I'm going to let it go this year, sis friends. But just as sure as my flesh supersedes the word, here I go again. I can't let that go. I got that little thing. My whole life is to tilt. Here's something else. Here's something else. I'm going wacko because I'm moving from the foundation, which is the word of God. I don't want us to believe the 
there's failure in our God, when in actuality, his word is still the same. I don't want us to be praying and putting so much effort into doing the act of prayer and not having a sure foundation, meaning that I don't care how much you pray, if you pray outside of his word being your foundation, you're not going to see the Bible results. See, I need, the Lord really is teaching me and being firm with me because I'm expecting a lot this year. He's saying, if you expecting a lot of me, guess what, Helene? I'm expecting a lot of you. <laughs> Go to Hebrews 11 and 1. A lot of you could probably say this scripture without even having to turn to it. Hebrews 11 and 1. I'm reading it from the English Standard Version. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the conviction, or some translations it says, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is, faith is the substance of things hoped for. If I have the faith to believe a certain thing based on the word of God, before I see it, faith is that substance right there. If I have faith in God, lying in the word of God, before my bank account reaches the place that it needs to be, faith is the, because I have faith, I have the substance already. If it's transportation that I need, you can be clear, if it's transportation that I need, faith is the call. In my mind's eye, I have the car with the wheels, and it's full of faith. I don't see it yet, but faith is the substance. Spiritually, I've already got it. So faith is really the substance of things hoped for. And watch, it is the evidence of things not seen. Here is the issue. To have that kind of faith, it still has to be rooted in the word of God. Yeah. My prayers, it would be better for you to open your eyes in prayer, have your Bible in front of you, and give him back his word. That is faithful prayer. He's not impressed whether you remember it or the hither thou and all of those other things we go through when we pray. He doesn't care how long you pray. If you pray his word, then he will respond to his word. Wow, go to Matthew 21 and 22. We would go back to it, and I want you to see there where it says, and all things, right? And all things, and all things, and all things. And I want to read Matthew 21 and 22 from the English Standard Version. This, this translation blessed me so. It says, and whatever you ask in prayer, I should Whatever you ask in prayer, that's why my prayer has to be on point. Well, my prayer, I don't want to be hitting and missing. Every time I go to my prayers, I want on point. Because this scripture, the English Standard Version puts it this way. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. When, when the word whatever means whatever. Whatever I ask, align with the word of God, align with the will of God for my life, whatever I ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have the faith for it. Yes. 
faith from? From the word of God. It's not a secret how to live in faith. It's found in the word of God. Sister Cheryl, you're pressing Sunday after Sunday and Thursday after Thursday. Your, your actions are lining up with the faith that you have that God's going to do. Well, Sister Cheryl goes back to how do you know he's going to do it? Where did you get that strange idea from? From the word of God that says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was wounded for my iniquities. And just how he was up, peace was the one. With our stripes, I'm here. She can go all the way back from my actions to my faith to the word. Everything that I do should be traced back to the word of God. Yes. How I treat you should be faith traced back to the word of God. Why you didn't snap him up like you wanted? Because he told me to hold my peace. <laughs> he told me he'll fight for me. And sometimes we don't like to go back to the root. <laughs> we want to tell the Lord, we got to go that far back. I'll fix it right now. But he said, every eye, my action should be traced back to the word of God. What I say should be traced back to the word of God. Here's the problem. When I don't know the word of God, you're going to trace my actions back to the flesh. Because I'm going to tell you, I know the flesh. I was good friends with the flesh for a long time. Before I gave my heart to the Lord. And if you don't crucify that flesh every day, he'll wake up with you. And you think you're going to have a good old day, but the flesh is going to show off that day. Because you always know he's there, right? Mm. So now go to Romans 10, 17. If I'm expecting God to do some things this year, which I am, I want every time I go to him, I want it to be impactful. I want it to have some weight to it. I want to be able to get up off my knees from praying and say, God, it is already done. I want to be able to get up and off my knees and have confidence in my prayer. I want to be able to say, I know it's going to happen because Jesus said it in his word. Amen. It says, if I have faith and don't doubt, I can speak to the mountain. I want to have that kind of faith that as soon as I say it, just like I know my name, ain't no question he's going to do it. What do you mean? So Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing. I told you, it's supernatural, this, this extreme faith. Now, I will say this. We do not use the word of God. This is what's so, we don't use the word of God to manipulate the Lord to do certain things for us. We don't use the word of God to, Lord, your word said, therefore so. Because even in giving him back his word, even in standing on the word of God, even in walking in faith, what we always understand, he's a sovereign God. See, this is where the maturity of us having a relationship with God comes into play. We understand that I pray in faith and shall live it every day. I give God back his word every day. But he, he chooses to answer another way. I understand he's a sovereign God. One of the best gifts my mom ever gave me before she went on to heaven. All the other stuff she left me to handle. But nevertheless, one of the best gifts she gave me was, Helene, if the Lord doesn't heal, he's able. You understand? Yes, ma'am, I understand. And it was in less than, I would say, two weeks after that, mama went to glory. But she let me know, understanding, he's still God and he was able. Do you get it? I said, yes, ma'am. 
See, in all of our praying, in all of our fasting, in all of our standing on the word, we have a sovereign God that sees the big picture. Yes. So the reality of it is, is I get the word every day. I give God back his word. But at the end of my prayer, I say, God, you know what's best for me. And the Bible also tells me that the plans that you have for me, they're good. Yes. See, really, we are only praying. Think about your prayer life. You are only praying from a small perimeter. You are only praying for what you know. He answers this big. You pray this big. So I pray this big, he says, do it every time, because you don't know this big. But what you do in your prayers, you say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's praying this big. So the enemy will have no place if God doesn't answer in the manner in which I said. Because I already told the Lord, after I finish praying, and after I get off my knees jumping and shouting, Father, your will be done. Yes, Romans 10, 17, we say, it says, so faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ, my translation, or God. Faith cometh through hearing. What are you listening for? The word of God. That's why in the course of our day, I told you, spending time with God is the best investment you can ever have in your future. You want good returns on your life? Put in good time with the Lord. You want to see things change? Put in time with the Lord. Be faithful over the 15 minutes that you say you're going to give them. Now, give them. I know it seems like a little bit, but I'm going to be faithful over the 15 because, God, that's all the discipline I have right now is 15. So I'm going to get up and give you 15. Then while I'm giving you 15 faithful, Lord, increase my time. He taps on five more minutes. And before you know it, my 15 goes to an hour because I was faithful over a little. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Don't let nobody tell you oh, you got to spend time with the Lord an hour or two a day. No, I, see, what will happen is I'm not an hour or two stable yet. Yeah, buddy. In the elementary world, they don't sit with every chap. See, you don't tell them to sit in no college course for no hour and a half and listen to no lecture. You lost your mind. Oh, they're going to turn the room down. So we understand. I don't have their attention but for a few minutes. God knows where you are. Amen. And if all you have is 15 minutes worth of patience that you can focus on the Lord, give it to him. Right. And watch him increase your time and your faith in him. And before you know it, you up there with the big kids spending a whole hour. <laughs> you really know you're saving when you spend a lot of money. <laughs> Mark 11, let's go there right quick. And we're going to stop out for a couple of scriptures. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you this year, faith must be the foundation. And let me tell you how you increase it. Spend some time with the Lord. Yes. And here's the other piece. It's so wonderful because you don't have to check off with nobody. It's not a job. Nobody looking over your shoulder. Girl, you just spend time with that bag. You do not walk. Now, I will tell you this. If you have a friend, and y'all can spend some time with the Lord together and have an accountability partner, find you one. See, sometimes people got to know where you are. You're trying to do this thing by yourself. Don't do it. One of the reasons we pray every morning at 6.30. 
I'm a grub architect. I said, in the name of Jesus, let me get up from here. Hold on, wait a minute. I got to get on the line. But knowing I have to be somewhere, because the saints are there, and we're going to pray and meet God, and even accountability gets, and every time I get on the line stuff, and I get off, Lord, I thank you. That was a good time. So it's okay to have somebody with you to help you along the way. When you're out here on your own, the enemy can get at you. But Mark 11, 22 and 24 from the English Standard Version, it says, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. You got to get to the point where the word of God, you don't doubt it at all. You got to get to the word of God where you, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I don't doubt what you said. If you said it, it is so. Just as sure as, just as sure as another day, just as sure as my name is what it is, I have to get to the point where I don't, I have faith, but I'm doubting. The Bible calls that a person that wavers. I have to know the word so well that my goodness, if he said it, there is no doubt in my mind. It says, but believe that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Luke 137, you don't have to turn there. It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. When you walk in faith, nothing will be impossible with him. Now, will he open every door that you pray for him to open? No. It's just like you don't give your kids everything they ask for. No. But the reality, I set myself up for God to use me and to bless me and to move through me when my life lines up with his word. Proverbs 3, read it when you get home, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I could say walk in faith and walk in the word with all your heart. Don't lean onto your limited understanding. But in all your ways, before you do anything next, acknowledge him. Trust and acknowledge the one that's above you and what he said he'd do, and I'll make your path straight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, for we walk by faith. For we walk by faith. Put it this way. For we walk by the word of God and not by sight. Well, if I don't know the word of God, I'm walking, humping into walls. I have no sight because I don't know his word. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Man, I could go on. Oh, I want to do that. Yes, I do. Romans 8 is the last time I promise you. Go to Romans 8 26. Man, we can stop me and pray. Because my faith, my faith is rooted in the word of God. My faith is rooted in my relationship with God. My, our ch 
children even trust us even when we tell them nothing? Can you imagine the, the level of trust that a child has for, for a parent? Now, magnify that a hundred times over. Should be our trust in our Savior. I don't care how dangerous a situation looks to the adult. If the mother tells the child to do a thing, they go do it. As a matter of fact, what's so crazy is a parent can get locked up if they endanger their child. Because the child is going to do what the parent said do. And they're going to hold the parent responsible. Can you imagine the level of trust that children have with parents? So if the Bible says that we are his children, what level of trust should we have in God? Romans 8 and 26. And I want to start there, and I'm going to go to 28. And I want to read it from the message. So y'all stay with me. I have a couple of translations, but... For time's sake, I want to read it from the message. It says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired and waiting, God's spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. That's when the Bible says the spirit making intercession for us. He says, don't worry about it when you don't know what to pray for. He, the Spirit, will pray for us and make prayers out of our wordless and sighing and aching wrongs. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. Yes. Knowing our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Now we heard it say, and we know that all things work together for the good. When I tell you walking in faith is a trust walk all the way, but here's the thing, he knows what we need. So I'm gonna tell you, in this year, don't fight the process. Go with it and let God carry the heavy load. Walk in faith and stand on the word of God and let the Lord fight for you. Amen. I tell you, faith, faith, faith must be the foundation. Thanks for listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. If you're interested in joining us on Sundays, our services are held at the Clarence Cuffey Community Center at 2019 Windy Road, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23324. Our Sunday morning service is held at 1 p.m. and our Bible studies are held on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Join us and be blessed and remember, there's life in the word.